come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Grab your loved ones, seek shelter, lock your doors, and board up your windows, for this is week two of Lortober and the Zombie Apocalypse. The Pentagon's secret strategy for dealing, listen now, the Pentagon's secret strategy for dealing with a zombie apocalypse. It is not a joke. It's part of a training exercise. Ahead, the United States military versus the walking dead. Let's get to it. Our Pentagon does have a zombie apocalypse. What to do in case of... There's also something called the... Uh, Chicken zombies. I was unaware of that until <laughs> watching these news reports. But, you know, you cut the head off a chicken, it keeps running around. So I guess that would qualify as a chicken zombie, would it not? <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know, uh, every culture does have its own version of a zombie. Did you know that? Yes, it's no. very true. But, you know, I, I want to get your opinion. Uh, okay. As far as zombie, what is it about zombie that makes it so popular in this culture, in your opinion? Oh, man. You know, I guess I have to say that I'm really fascinated by the fact that zombies have become such a big thing because um, it happens to be my least favorite topic. Um, it's, and, and I'm not really sure why. I guess part of it is because to me it's scarier than vampires or werewolves because it's more mass. You know what I mean? If that happens, it, it infects the entire human race and you're just kind of, you know. <laughs> that That is exactly what my take is on it. It's, I, I find that great that you said that because it just kind of verifies my fear of the zombies as well. Let's take a dog man or a vampire or Bigfoot. All these monsters and cryptids, they select their victim. It's usually somebody that there is in a social contact with or it's a selected group or an appearance that there's a familiarity with. With zombie, Mm -hmm. They just want to wipe out the entire human race. It doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, or child. They're coming after you to devour you and destroy you or 
turn you into part of their culture as well and continue spreading I mean, that monstrous cancer. Right. Well, it re- it it really reminds me. So, you know, being germaphobic and everything, um, I don't watch movies like Contagion. And zombies to me are exactly that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like um, what happened on Planet of the Apes when that virus mm-hmm. just ended up wiping out everybody, and then the apes became, you know, right. it's it's so similar to that that it's just. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think that you know, you know, humanity as it is right now, we're we're like living on the edge of total collapse and disaster. It seems like at every waking moment, and I think that's probably what pushes uh, venues like The Walking Dead into such great popular culture in its ratings, just because of the fact that mm-hmm. it's kind of a metaphoric representation of where we feel that right. we're at, that at any given moment, we're all going to fall victim to something like that. Something. And we just put a face on it as a zombie. Um, right. You know, in 1968, when George Romero directed and created uh, probably the f- first iconic zombie movie which was Night of the Living Dead and of course mm-hmm. I think it added even more of a creep factor done that the entire film was done in black and white and the dialogue was very cut and dry but it certainly showed fear and it right. definitely it definitely put it right in the middle of pop culture and of course it took off you know um is a movie cult classic. Even till today, you could still watch a movie and walk away with the same, you know, empty feeling at the end of it as you did back in 1968 when it first came out. Um, right. I, I, I don't, here's another really crazy fact that, um, regarding zombie movies, uh-huh. more than, more than half, of zombie movies were made right after September 11th of 2001. Is, is really? Just, yeah, is that that very much disturbed. More than half of <laughs> all the movies related to zombies came out right after September 11th. That wow. just, yeah, that, it seemed a little disturbing to me. I don't know if that's, you know, America's Even way of coping with tragedy. I will or what. say. There was a time that I remembered thinking, and this was way back before any of this, you know, podcasting or before I even knew that podcasts existed. I remember thinking to myself, my gosh, all this zombie stuff is all of a sudden like the thing. It's everywhere. And that was after um, after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, after 2005. So right. I can see that ch- being true. Oh, well. Yeah, I was kind of taken back by that statistic. You know, yes, there were some of the black and white, you know, Hollywood classic type. But, right. yeah, it really came to the forefront after uh, September 11th. And 
it it might just be a cultural coping mechanism that so many mm-hmm. movies, zombie related movies, were created after that. I, I, right. Well, and then when um, did the Pentagon do their zombie preparedness <laughs> drill? Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we can you know talk about that, you know, what the reality of it was, is to take a worst case scenario and have a uh, a case plan to handle a unrealistic situation, but it's okay to be prepared for things that you may never expect to have to deal with. And right. that in itself, that there's a 30-page directive within the Pentagon about zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, kind of creepy in a way. Um, but, you know, in doing research with the zombie, um, the stories actually, and when you start to think about it, um, puts the spin of reality into it that actually kind of sets a creep factor that, um, you know, going way back into history and the literature, the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, Ishtar says, I will rise up the dead and they will eat the living and the dead will outnumber the living. Now, this is an ancient scroll uh, oh. talking about what sounds very much like the zombie. So how did that all start? Right. You know? And oddly enough, the word zombie itself um it means animated corpse in Haitian voodoo language. Now, no way. The ha- yes, that's where it came from. Um, and the Haitian voodoo aspect of a zombie isn't a flesh-eating, killing being. It's just a reanimated corpse that has come back to life. But it doesn't devolve, you know, so much into its behavior. It's just scary within itself, and we have pretty much just adopted that name, zombie, as the creature that it has become today or morphed into as of today. But yeah, Mm. that's working. It was Western Africa, you know, voodoo religion, and then that adapted into Haiti and, you know, with the practice of voodoo in Haiti. But yeah, that's where the term... uh, Voodoo actually came from. And like I said earlier, uh, zombie, it's a it's a worldwide phenomena that goes back into ancient history. Um, in China, the living dead are called Zhangxi. And it's yeah. actually a hungry ghost that comes back to seek vengeance for not being properly buried. Oh, and, my God. And the Chinese took this very seriously, and they took this very seriously to the point where the Chinese, and this still even comes up into modern history, um, when there is a deceased person, they bind them so that they're unable right. to move once they are buried. Now, wow. what caused that fear to begin with? Now, this, you know, if you, this is a zombie ghost. 
that comes back well, and is seeking vengeance. So there's violence you involved. You know what's interesting? Mm. Over and I correct me or whatever because I can't remember. But mm-hmm. when you're looking online, there's old, really super old um, burial sites that have iron over the coffins. Do you know ah, what right, about? right, yes, yes. But that was for vampires, right? Um, I, I believe zombies? it. Was, I no, it wasn't for zombies. I believe it was. Now you're saying uh, vampires. I thought it was for witches. But we'll oh, look wow. into that. And if, and if anybody wants to put yeah. a comment in there, um, yeah, we'll Please look do. into it. But, but now that you do bring that up, it's still the same philosophy. It's to restrain right. the dead from walking the earth again. And there See, had and to have amazing. been an overwhelming fear factor to go to that extent to prevent mm-hmm. the dead from coming back to life. What caused that fear to begin with? That's the scary right. thing. Well, and it's crazy, too, because there's so many different forms of the dead coming back, whether it's mm-hmm. the zombie thing, the vampire thing, a ghost, mm-hmm. a, you know, whatever. Right. It's, right. it's really right. amazing that, so... Yeah, culturally, wow. it's, uh, it is crazy. It is crazy. Did you find any famous cases or any kind of encounters in your research, like historical? Mm-hmm. You yeah. did. Well, oh, cool. yes. yes. I'm jumping ahead. Um, Sorry, guys. No, no that's <laughs> quite all right. Because we, no, we will get to that. Um, here, here's, you know, I will throw a couple more things out at everybody that I found pretty fascinating. Um, regarding the zombie. Now, again, I'm using zombie just as a reference term because that's what we refer to it as. Um, In the Arabic world, the Mm -hmm. zombie is called the ghoul. Oh. And And the ghoul is returns from the dead seeking vengeance and to destroy the living. I was like, well, okay, well, that explains where the term ghoul comes from and what it actually right. really is. Um, if anybody could not put a definition to the term ghoul, well, that's where it came from, was the Arab world and the returning of the dead. And not so much in a ghost form either, but walking, living dead. That almost sounds like an oxymoron to say, you know, the living <laughs> dead. but uh, right. Um, wow. Mostly, though, the ghoul was a woman who led an immoral lifestyle, such as prostitution. <laughs> Seriously, oh. and okay. and um, you know, in their literature, the ghoul would scream like a siren, which brings me oh. all the way back to the banshee again. Very similar right. behavior to how the banshee was; it would scream and wail, and then it would kill you. And, wow. and yeah, there's a couple of similarities here in things in doing my research, you know, in the zombie research that mm-hmm. I found really interesting with the you know, with the ties and connections between just like you know discovering that the ghoul was actually an Arabic zombie. Right. So yeah, yeah, the the ghoul would yeah. scream out for its victims uh, out of curiosity and take them down but but I found that too that 
um, most of the ghouls in the Arabic world were women. Wow. And and only li- only living in an immoral lifestyle. Now their immoral lifestyle was by their cultural practices. Standard. Not to say that right. here those immoral practices would be the classified the same way here as it is in <laughs> Arab, because you know there's serious oppression of women over in the Middle East, and we're not going to get political, but I think that's why um, it may have been used as a fear factor that their women there should lead a very moral lifestyle so that they do not come back as a ghoul, and it may have been done as a scare tactic. That I couldn't really uh, uncover that much, but it could have been done that way. So what you're saying is is you're going to come back as a ghoul, right? (laughs) Yes. yes. And so will you and we'll just yeah. No, I don't think so. We'll we'll leave that up yeah. to you. You and your immoral okay. lifestyle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks. I, yeah, I, I appreciate fine. I appreciate the ratings. That's, this is good. People will be uh-huh. doing research to find out exactly what has Vance done that was so immoral. <laughs> Oh, if the the listeners only knew. (laughs) Well, when I come back as a zombie, uh, I'll be sure to clue everybody in. Uh, I really hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) The Zombie Vance Podcast Mm -hmm. from Beyond the Grave. You want to hear something (laughs) else really interesting? Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. The most fearsome zombie. Actually, actually, actually came from Scandinavian Vikings. Ooh, really? That's cool. It was called the Draugr. It was an undead Viking. That sounds familiar. Yes, the Draugr. Well, some of these names will sound familiar. Um, And this Viking zombie could only be destroyed... If you could trick it back down into the ground again, otherwise you were unable to destroy the zombie. So you had to manipulate it somehow in order to get it back into the ground again. And it is the most savage and destructive zombie of all of them. The question is, Thanks. how would it come out of the ground then in the first place? Because it uh, sounds like magic. it's in the ground, it's trapped. Right, oh, well, through magic. Right. Conjuring it up. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Man. And, and the Draugr is actually happy to be happy? what it is. Yes. It's happy mm-hmm. to be what it is. It's It's not in torment. It knows what it is, wow. and it and it's comfortable with what it is in its destruction. Yeah, Whereas that makes it even more dangerous. In, in in other cultures, it's torment and and seeking revenge through torment. But this thing, no, it's fine being the undead and doing its savage doings upon the living. On the, yeah, so okay that. Definitely qualifies as, uh, you know, the wow. more, most fearsome. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Oh. 
That's sick. So the Draugr. You've heard that name before, haven't you? It's weird because I have. I, I know mm-hmm. that I have, but the thing is, is I, I've never heard of it. Like, I've never heard of anything like what you just described, but mm. I don't know. Maybe it's my that, that was, um, yeah, that was actually <laughs> eighth, eighth century Scandinavian lore. Really? Wow. Yeah, so that goes mm. back quite a ways. Um, right. In England, in the 12th century, the Maybe. fearsome zombie is known as the Revenant. Now, there's another name you probably have heard of before, but the Revenant. Right, wasn't that a movie? Yes. Like yes, but I'm saying the name <laughs> no, Reverend. Yes, the name Reverend mm-hmm. is actually Old English zombie, returning of the dead. And William of Newburgh, who was a um, a Christian friar, I believe, he was actually one of the noted very first zombie hunters because oh, really? he wrote about he wrote about this, and there were so many people in torment of the revenant that were claiming that you know there was great disturbances, and he actually dedicated his life to hunting down the revenant. And destroying it. So Man, there you like, go. I'm... It's crazy because the more you go, and the more around the world we travel, the more real it can become. You, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Oh yes. That's, that's why I'm saying. Gonna... I think that's what makes this entire subject matter, other than just the term zombie and and dead people coming after you to eat you, and that's the entire subject matter. Right. No, there is thick history behind all of this. And and what is it that actually initiated all this fear? Unless yeah. something happened at some point that changed culturally with with humans as right. to how we deal with the behavior of our dead. I, I just... See, it's fascinating because it definitely, uh, you know, when, when we get to it, it, it makes it easier to go into my strange story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, cool. we will. Yeah, no, we definitely will. You know, okay, so along those lines of saying, you know, the thick history of the zombie, even in Christianity, um, when they bury the dead in a coffin, they bolt the coffin shut. Do they really? Well, that, yes. Well, they don't bolt the coffin shut to prevent grave robbers because the grave robber is on the outside of the casket and can remove the bolts. It was done to keep uh-huh. what was in the casket in the casket. And that is still a common practice in Christianity. Now, do people ask that question, you know, more today? Hey, why is this bolted closed and secured? Well, it's for secure reasons. But it actually started to prevent the dead from rising from the earth and walking the face of the earth again. Well, that overwhelming fear, it had to have come from somewhere. So are we going to say, you know, 
zombies real? Well, maybe they were at one time, and maybe it will be again. Many of them were actually buried. You get this. This kind of creeped me out. Um, there were ancient burial sites, and the practice was not into modern history, but there were, you know, ancient burial sites up until, I believe, like, you know, close to the 20th century, uh, where the mm-hmm. dead were buried with a rock wedged in their mouth so that they oh, could not come back and bite the living. They would either use a rock or a brick and wedge it into the mouth. Wow. And, yeah, so with all the binding in China wow. and bolting of the caskets closed and putting a rock in your, I don't know, <laughs> Yeah, it's there's a lot there. There's a lot there of fear. You know, in Norse tradition, um, when a person was deceased in a residence, which happened a lot because, you know, you took uh-huh. care of your relatives or someone and they passed away in the home, it's it's traditional to carry the body out of the home feet first. And that whole tradition started, get this, this creeped me out. The whole tradition behind that was so that the corpse could not look back to see the entrance of the home and recognize it to come back and destroy those that lived in the home. It prevented it from being able to see. And and generally when they carried the body out feet first, they would board up that door so that... Oh, my gosh. It's a way over-the-top fear factor of we do not want the dead to come back. And again, where does it all stem from? Did zombies walk the face of the earth at some point to actually have a traditional practice to carry the dead out of the home feet first so that they could not recognize where they were leaving and come back? You know, it's (laughs) fascinating because I remember being a kid yeah, and I would I'd go into these different antique shops with my dad. And uh there was, you know, there was the the scary story science fiction type books. Aliens and vampires and all this stuff. I remember I was always into that stuff. And I can't remember who said it. I think I don't know if it was my dad or the guy that was running the shop, which we knew. Um, but they said something along the lines that um Everything comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Something, you know, something That's about a grain of truth. Are inspired yes. by, yeah. And so it, it is, I mean, because I'll be honest, I haven't known really any history on zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was all these different practices. Um, right. And then, you know, especially with my experience, I, I've always felt really alone in that. But now hearing... All of this, I, you know, it's. <laughs> well, it know, it's probably happening. sheds a little different light on it. Um, right. Do, do, you, do you want to share your story? Um, I can. <laughs> if I mean, but we could always wait if that needs to go later with some other. No, stuff. no, that's fine. No, we can put it in here because we can sum <laughs> it up with a couple of interesting points. But go for it. 
Okay. Um, well, it's I. <laughs> um, I haven't spoken to anybody else that has ever really like. Well. Yeah. It, it just it's a it's a strange story. Um, I was in a restaurant. And <clears throat> literally, I just drove driven in, driven in to um, use the bathroom, and then I was just going to go home. It was a fast food restaurant, and I everything was normal. I went in there, and then I'm, when I came out of the bathroom, um, I happened to just look up, and there was this man. They were standing like, I don't know, a couple feet in front of me, foot or two in front of me, real close. And he was, I mean, he was as real as you and me. And um, I feel so, oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) It's weird because I don't, talk about it a lot um his his face was as dead as could be that this is like this was not around halloween this was not a costume this was not i mean this is better than hollywood makeup (laughs) because it wasn't Mm -hmm. just the um it wasn't just the, the face but it was its behavior call it in it Mm -hmm. And it was also the energy that I felt standing in front of this person or thing. Um, it, it was like a an actual zombie standing in front of me. I mean, I I remember I just froze, and um, I just couldn't really breathe, and I don't even remember how I got around him and I bolted for the door once I was past him I ran I got in my car and I sped off to my house Mm. and um my husband was there and I was hysterical I I mean I was almost hyperventilating I was crying so hard I I was a wreck I looked like a lunatic and that's that's another reason I don't talk about it because I feel like I sound like a lunatic um, but you're not. One... <laughs> but but you're yeah, not, I, and I'm I not laughing at it for that reason. Um, That's okay. only because um, only because I shared a similar story with you to somebody that mm-hmm. I had a relationship with that had a very similar encounter, and I think once it gets talked about, I'm be pretty certain that a little bit more and more people might be willing to talk about it. Um, you know, but she saw what she just referred to as a zombie and it scared the daylights out of her. And she did the same thing. She did not stick around and it happened to be in a restaurant too, a fast food restaurant. And she left and she came home and I could tell she was so upset by something because she did not look good. And she told right. me exactly, you know, what she experienced. And I couldn't really 
touch the context of what it was that she was explaining to me because it just seemed so far out there. It's not that I didn't believe her. I totally believed exactly the experience that she had, but to actually understand the gravity of that experience. And then for you to tell me that story, it's it's a phenomena. I'm sure it happens. Uh, I, I, clearly it happens. I'm not doubting that at all. Right. I'm I'm saying that maybe there'll be more people to come forth with an experience of seeing what they refer well, to as a zombie. Right. Well, and, and you said and, she had that other experience too, right? Yes, yes, in the uh, resale store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she heard th- there were uh, brass bells on the back door of the store. Um was her business, her, you know, resale business. There were brass bells that hung on the back door, so you could hear somebody coming in and out through the back door because most people use the back door as the front entrance to come into the resale shop because the front door was actually on the street side and there was a lot of traffic, so and the parking was in the back anyway. So people would come through and those bells would ring, and I was not there at the time, but she did share this with me again, and she was mortified by the event um, but she was, it was a long corridor, probably, I'd say maybe 20, 25 foot long hallway where the back door was. And there were pictures on both sides of the walls of that hallway. And then in 25 feet of that long hallway takes you into the store itself. Um, so both sides of the walls of the hallway were, was used as the art gallery. And all the pictures would hang on both sides and you could glance. Well, she heard the bells ring and from the counter, she could kind of lean over and look down the hallway and she mm-hmm. saw this morbid man that looked dead. Um, and she said he, she said he had, his face was like tore up with the flesh bleeding flesh and just looked dead and was walking down the hallway and she freaked. You know, she panicked. Understandably, she panicked. And as it came through the hallway, there's a wall that you'd have to walk around before you'd come up to the counter where she was at. Um, It was kind of like a window at, at the counter. It's a little hard to describe, but there was a cutout in the wall where you could look down that hallway and then on the other side of the small wall, which was like a partition. But anyway, he came around the partition but wasn't there. She never saw him right. again after that, but had enough of an encounter to see this thing walking down the hall that was clearly, and she, again, she used the term zombie just and she probably used it for my benefit so that I could understand what it was that she was looking at. But she was mortified because she heard the bells ring. So something physical made that happen. And for her to see that walking down the hallway. And I do remember her saying she thought maybe he was in a bad car wreck or something and was dazed and confused. But she was still terrified because of the slow approach down the hallway and then not to see him 
on the other side of the wall and wasn't in the store at all. You know, she knew she had this, you know, zombie Mm. encounter. And it's been hard for me to not find any current encounters. Like, you can't just Google it. Nothing's going to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I thought at the very minimum, like, um, when I when we were doing the intoxicated time slipper episode, mm-hmm. and I had mentioned that I had taken a photograph and there was a man standing on the stairs and his face was like a a dead skeleton face, you know. Right. Right. Um. There isn't even encounters that I was able to find where it was a see-throughish apparition type of a ghost that looked like a zombie. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's like no <laughs> corpsey ghosts. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds dumb, but it, it it just, it made me feel really isolated, I, I bet. Yeah. Right, right. And so I do hope that I hope there's somebody else <laughs> out there that is like, no, I've experienced that too. I mean, you know, I try to ask around in, in our community and I, no luck. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just too strange of a thing to talk about, you know? Cause well, I mean, the only what common, is, is weird. the only common thread I was able to link between you and her having that experience is that you were both Reiki masters. That's really the, and both female, but both Reiki masters. And, well, I don't put it in the classification of weird. I put it in the classification of, ooh, there's a common thread here. Maybe that will link us to something a little bit further into being able or having that unfortunate ability to have had that encounter. But only because, you know, being a Reiki master, you're in touch with things that, the everyday Joe is not in touch with. So that might be the common thread that links those two things together. That would be really interesting. Mm, <laughs> I've never, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Well, I don't know. Practicing the living dead, It's it had to have come from somewhere. Again, I keep going back to that. It, all this had to have come from somewhere you saw what you saw in a physical sense she saw what she saw in a physical sense it was there it was real you could touch it and you get this sense of dread or negative energy and you fled lighter you know just out and gone and for the behavior for you to do that was the same behavior that she did it was nope and and left Which, right. you know, kind of brought me back to, the you know, the, the thinking, and I know I might be crossing a line here, and I, I apologize ahead of time to any listener that may think I'm, and I'm not. I'm only bringing this up strictly from a a, a topic point of view. It's, the Christians practice the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the same oh. scenario. 
Jesus passed away or was crucified, he dies and he resurrects from the dead. That is one of your very first living dead Only. stories, biblical. Now, right, that's not I, I will, I, I not will the, put like, Jesus, exactly, but I'll put Jesus Christ in the in the frame of he's the anti-zombie. He's he's going to guide those that pass into the proper passage to the afterlife. So, but is it not fascinating that, you know, the Holy Scripture actually speaks of the rising Present. dead, right? Right. It's, hmm. That's interesting. Well, look at, look at the mass of people in that religion or practices Christianity that's the cornerstone of that religion is that Christ is risen and he's gone to heaven and he will bring you aboard if you're a good soul. So I guess he is the anti-zombie. I don't, I just did, I just did not want to offend anybody. I'm just bringing it up in case, or for those that just never really put it into here, that context. I'll, think I'll, about I'll add it in way. a disclaimer here. Oh, very good. Most Please. Of, <laughs> dear listeners, most <laughs> of the things discussed on this show are not the opi- well, the opinions of your host. But rather... <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but rather, you know, like I wrote in the blog... Um, published a couple, uh, like Friday or something. Uh, We do have an active blog. I try to post every Friday if you look on the website. Um, I said in there that I like to explore the what if. Mm -hmm. I I never try to persuade anybody to think the way that I do or this way or that way. I really, really love to play with what if scenarios. It, it's fascinating to me. You know, it's it's the whole, you know, me always asking everybody the werewolf vampire question or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, what right. if this really happened or what would you do if you found out this was real, you know? So mm-hmm. we we like to share what we find and we like to play what if. So people, please don't be offended by anything that you hear. No, so, yeah. No. It's not our int- intention. Oh, of course not. It's the what if. And that's why I kind of started that whole statement out anyway with my right. own personal disclaimer. Because mm-hmm. I have my beliefs um, in Christianity, and we're all entitled to those beliefs, meaning no disrespect whatsoever. It's just talking of resurrecting the dead again. And here it is in the Holy Scripture. So. I just, it, it's a what if exactly. So right. to move off of that, so so here you have the anti-zombie, and he's going to guide you into the passage to not being a flesh-eating zombie. However, mm-hmm. the ultimate sin to bring back the dead is to practice cannibalism. Mm-hmm. 
those that ate other humans were due to rise from the dead and continue to dine on the living. Eating another human can result in a symptom called Wendigo psychosis, which, as we know, came from Native American lore, the need to keep eating the flesh of other humans. Of course, Hmm. you know. Well, there's so many different beliefs on that, though. Mm Mm-hmm. But but the term Wendigo psychosis is those that have dined on human flesh in the term of cannibalism and continue that practice. Um. I know we've discussed the Wendigo, and that's the birth of the Wendigo, and those that have actually seen and had an encounter with the Wendigo, that it is its cornerstone for its existence is based around cannibalism. And it's pretty much the same thing that the zombies do. They look out of vengeance to take away from the living what they don't have. It's kind of going back to the whole torment thing. Uh, Destroy the living because they don't have the soul that the living does. Just just destroy it like a cancer and wipe out its host, which in turn they wipe themselves out and once they wipe out all the living. Seems to be a pointless attribute, you know, to destroy the host, but... It does happen. And Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and those classified him with having that Wendigo psychosis. He had to have the need to eat flesh. It's as crazy as it is, no, he wasn't dead. Um, but it was. it's considered the ultimate sin to bring you back from the dead. Maybe he should have been hmm. cremated. I don't know if he was cremated or not. It's quite possible Watch that he was. Watch it resurrects as a fire-breathing, conjuring mm. zombie. Yeah, well, Love is that's zombie. crazy. Yeah. You know, though, that, that <laughs> um, cannibalism is still practiced today in rural areas of Papua New Guinea, where where those natives of Papua New Guinea will eat the brains of their loved ones once they pass away in their belief to continue the genetic chain on through the family. However, that had its own bad side effect. Um, In 1950, there was an outbreak of what's called Kuru, it's a contagion that causes foamy pockets in the brain. Once you consume the brain, it causes foamy pockets in your own brain. And those afflicted behaved like zombies. They couldn't speak. They couldn't walk properly. They were lethargic. And that's kind of how that culture really started. You consumed flesh and then you became this zombie itself. Um, Prions are the contagion that causes this um, in humans. 
Now, a prion is, it, it's not a, it, it's like a, a viral contagion. I know this is your favorite subject of all time, but um, it's like <laughs> right. a virus. I have to shower so, the, after this. The, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I've got my hand sanitizer right here. Um, but but the kuru that, that caused this from consuming brains is very similar prion to the mad cow disease. It has right, the okay. same effect on humans as mad cow disease. So... Are zombies real? Well, you you get this prion contagion. It could oh. turn your behavior into zombie. Now, I'm not going to say that your behavior wouldn't want to bite or have kind of like a rabies type of effect where it's you know a violent turn oh. of behavior, but it could happen. You could have that contagion spread in a small populace of people and. Now, their behavior is completely lethargic, like I said, and may just violently react around them with other people and bite and tear them apart. Who knows? Now, you want to talk about zombies being real. Well, there it is. There's your proof. It's happened. Uh, right. <laughs> it's happened, and... Uh, knock on wood that it never happens again, that we can keep the prions in this contagion under control and we need to fund, you know, all the disease centers as quickly as possible to prevent that from happening. But, wow. Yes, people can act like zombies from consuming other living beings whether it be beef or lamb or whatever, you could get the mad cow uh, contagion. Or, like in Papua New Guinea, they got this contagion from consuming the brains of their loved ones that had passed on out of tradition. So it can happen. So maybe that's how this whole zombie thing started to begin with back in the ancient world when Ishmael wrote about the fact oh, of, wow. you know, I will rise and consume the dead and until all the living are dead. <sighs> I'm wounded. That's, uh... <laughs> my, my doors are bolted shut and the windows are boarded up. We, will, we are right. zombie protected here. Unfortunately, garlic <laughs> does not work on a zombie. Really, the only way to destroy a zombie is to either decapitate it or take out set its it own on fire? You could oh. set it on fire, yes, yes. But I guess you just watch watch The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, there you okay. go. Get a baseball bat <laughs> with nails. Do you have a favorite zombie movie? No. <laughs> I am really not a zombie fan. I I don't know. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's a fear that keeps me mm-hmm. from ever watching a zombie movie or anything. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. there was one zombie show that I did watch, and it was as simple as getting scratched by one. 
I mean, I felt like it, you know, it's just like sneezing next to somebody in a grocery aisle during flu season. Right, right. <laughs> Wash your hands, people, please. <laughs> well, I started, you know, thinking about it just when when I thought of asking you that question, you know, do you have a favorite zombie movie? And then I started thinking of all the zombie movies I've seen. And, yeah, I have some that I really liked and enjoyed. Um, World War Z was okay, but the book was so much better because the book was um, written from a journalist's uh, perspective as to what he was entering into his journals. And that's what the book was about. Um, The movie took it down an entirely different avenue, and it just pretty much just used the name of the book. It didn't even follow what the book was about. But for those that have read World War Z, um, I thought it was much better. The movie was okay. Um, I found a lot of holes in the movie that, yeah, okay. Even if that was real, that really isn't going to happen, but whatever. Um, I think one of my favorites, besides Zombieland, I mean, Zombieland put it into a, you know, a comical spin. And I and I like those type of movies too. I do like, you know, I don't know if you had the privilege of seeing Zombieland uh, with Woody Harrelson no. <laughs> and, and Bill Murray. Um, it was gory, it was graphic, but it had the humor spin to it. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is probably one of my favorite. And again, it was a comical spin on the zombie apocalypse because I would probably behave. Like that in the movie, I'd just be throwing record albums at the thing. <laughs> you know, whatever you had to throw at it, just whip it at uh-huh. it, you know, kill it, you know, and then lock yourself, locking your, locking yourself into the local pub. Well, what better place to lock yourself in? But um, just within recent Hollywood movies, I'd have to say probably my favorite was called The Crazies. Because that followed along, and the crazies was good, um, because it kind of followed along with the contagion. And so you probably will not want to watch it, but that's where it came (laughs) from was, you know, it was a contained um, virus, and, of course, it got out into the community, and it started affecting the people because it infected the water, and and all the people started uh, losing it, and became zombies. Mm. It didn't necessarily rise from the dead. They consumed it and became zombies. So a little different spin on the whole thing. You didn't have to really die first. But the only way to end that contagion was, and I hope I don't ruin it for anybody because the crazies has been out for long enough. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, (laughs) exactly. Um, right. Do not listen for like seven years or whatever. But you know, really, the only way to end it was by nuclear. Just wipe it out. Mm. The, the nuclear oh, thing. My sister and I, we were talking, and we were talking about the uh, the what if of you know they pushed the flu vaccine on everybody. Mm-hmm. Imagine if there was something within the flu vaccine that, you know, that the government gave out that that did whatever to you, whether it tracked you, whether it turned you into a zombie, mm. whether it 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you have to put um, a lot of trust, especially in your ch- your young children, um, putting mm-hmm. your trust into medical sciences that the vaccination is exactly what the vaccination is. Um, Not to go uh, down that road for the vaxxers and yeah. the anti-vaxxers. I'm just saying, imagine if you became a zombie from the flu shot. Right, right, right. That's all. No. <laughs> you know, you know what, Jen? It, you and your sister <laughs> then need to get your pens together and start writing a new zombie movie, <laughs> and that'll be how it happens. The new zombie apocalypse is actually through vaccinations. Yeah, through, through the yearly flu shot. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you get a shot or the or the. the Do they do one that that you can breathe in through your nose? I thought that they. I haven't gotten yes. a flu shot in yes. forever, so. Yeah, right. Well, then you won't be a zombie. Very good. <laughs> I have not right. gotten a flu shot either. Um, you know, and maybe when I'm old and in a walker and maybe then i don't know but i know it's not a deadly disease as long as you're healthy um you'll build a much better immune system to the flu if you actually catch it and deal with it and then you're good to <laughs> go for like a couple a of years you have it. <laughs> yeah well, listen, yeah you'll feel like a dead zombie that doesn't want to get up and do anything <laughs> I just want to lay here and have soup and watch TV, but that's that's my kind of zombie to deal with. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot to be said for the world of zombie. There really is because there's a lot more information other than just creatures in the night that want to come and bite you and eat you. There's there's so much history behind all of this that... um, you know, and that's the thing that I like so much about this type of doing this type of like a podcast is that, you know, you can sit there and you could dive into the Hollywood side of things, you know, mm-hmm. for all these subjects, ghosts, vampires, werewolves, whatever. But it's kind of like the unsolved mysteries. You know, when I was growing up, it wasn't, you know, uh, like Swamp Thing and Children of the Corn, that stuff didn't scare me. Right. God didn't scare me. It was unsolved mysteries. It's the real stuff. The possibility. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh my God. And so, you know. Oh, I do know. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I. You know, growing up as a kid and you'd watch the monster movies and so on. Okay, yeah, they're suspenseful, but, you know, it didn't terrify you. I got terrified mm-hmm. when, you know, now I'm a kid, I'm a young kid, and thanks, Mom, for taking me to go see Jaws. That's reality. <laughs> There's this great white chart. Right. I didn't even want to go into a swimming pool, and that is the... Oh. Uh, and okay, let me just share a quick story with you. When Jaws came out, I'm a young kid. Mom and Dad take me to go see Jaws. I'm terrified. I am completely terrified. And what does Dad do after the movie? Let's go to the Red Lobster and have dinner. Are you effing kidding me? There's there's all these right. fish on the walls and marlins and and no. 
because I'm expecting this shark to come bursting through the wall at any second, and I was terrified. I had nightmares. <laughs> Not good. Not good. So congratulations to Stephen King for really messing me up in the head when I was a young kid. Because it was based in reality, though. Sharks exist. We all know sharks are monsters. They do exist. You know, they, right. they're they real. They're tangible. You can go to the aquarium and see them swimming in a tank. Okay. Right. I have yet to see a werewolf at, you know, the Brookfield Zoo. Okay. I haven't. Right. You, you know, there, so there's a sense of reality and the sense of Hollywood fantasy. So right. I completely get what you're saying with, mm-hmm. yeah, when there's, a, when there's a spin of reality, like Unsolved Mysteries, because something created this, something, there's some sort of nugget of truth behind this. Well, the fact we never found out why or or where or, (laughs) you know, there's no way to prevent it. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, from happening again. And so, yeah, it's really always stuck with me. And it was so funny because the just the the music in his voice was it became so scary in itself, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you have to put your seatbelt on because we're about to watch Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! Oh, um, one quick thing. I don't know how mm-hmm. much time we have left or anything, but we should tell people. Maybe give them a sneak. I don't know. Peek. The, the, the sneak <laughs> peek. <laughs> Go right ahead, Jennifer. You show off whatever you need to show off. We'll have more listeners no, than we know I'm... what to do with. No, no, we'd lose all of our listeners. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say um, you should tell everybody what the next episode is going to be about. Um, We've been really enjoying having all these Tuesdays in October. So that way Mm -hmm. we can celebrate Halloween all month long. Um, All month long, yes. All month long, uh, trying to cover all of the favorite topics during Halloween time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited for the Halloween episode as well. That's going to be a party. So you guys, you know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. giving you an invitation ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Big party. We're going to have a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to very many, make sure that that's definitely one that you show up for. Um, so, yeah, what's the next episode going to be, though? Well, episode don't you have your you calendar in front over. of you? I have my coffee and my phone. <laughs> <laughs> we have our, our next our next three will be... Vampires, witches, and Halloween. Now we have a special Vampire guest. Vampires, people. We have a special guest that was excited to do the vampires episode with us. So we will be mm-hmm. posting that. And I'm sure you probably all it's... know who our special guest will be. But she was pretty excited. That's the well, now for you now. know it. Yes, that's the secret for now. <laughs> And, and uh, course, vampires is definitely my favorite topic. 
and you go, well, between the two of you, I'm just going to unplug and I'll go watch TV while the two of you go at the vampire thing. Right. And and those of you that if you were actually given the choice to uh, be a vampire, if you would actually, you know, do it, definitely show up for the show. You'll want to be there. (laughs) Exactly. Which, you know... (laughs) Yeah, you were. You did ask that question, and I believe I answered it. Nope. Like a was. (laughs) And I I have a couple of good points that you can kick around until we do the vampire episode. How about that? I don't understand how the vampire works. I don't get it. Nobody's ever answered that question, so I start researching it, and yet I still can't find. The, no, you can't, because I can't even find the answer to it. How does <laughs> we will vampire, come up with an answer. How does the I just I I just don't. There's something scientifically and physically wrong about what the vampire does. So we'll discuss that. <laughs> we'll we'll let our special guest and you just go at it, yep. figure it out. Okay. Thank you everybody awesome. for joining us for this zombie episode like listen next Tuesday <laughs> as Lortober continues. Until then we'll talk soon. Good night. Good night.